the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today we have got some murder mysteries for you. We are going to talk the 1985 film Clue. We are also going to be doing a recasting of Clue using actors of today, which honestly, if it's not in the works... I bet it's got to be. I bet someone out there is wanting to do a remake. There was a rumor of one being in pre-production around 2020, uh, um, but I've not heard anything yet, so I don't know if it it's uh, put on hiatus or what. Okay, well, maybe they're waiting to hear our castings, and then they're going <laughs> to use that, because I'm not going to lie. I'm very excited about the cast I put together. Yeah, I like I like mine, too. I'm, I'm not cool. as excited, apparently, as you are, but uh, <laughs> I think I got a pretty decent cast put together. All right. And to team up with Clue, we have decided to talk the uh, 80s to 90s show Murder, She Wrote. Classic. Always on TV at any time of the day, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Probably still is. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure somewhere on PAX TV. You know how they used to say the sun never sets on the British Empire? Like, mm-hmm. there's never a minute of TV without Murder, She Wrote somewhere, <laughs> you know, on, on the wor- in the world. So, yep. all right, John, 1985. We have talked that year multiple times because it's a fantastic best year of all time, year of my birth. What else happened that year? All right. Well, this film was released on December 13th, 1985. The Billboard Top 100 song for that week is one I feel like we've talked about before, but nonetheless, it is a classic. It is Broken Wings by Mr. Mister. Yeah, I do think one of our other uh, movies must have come around the same time. Topping the Nielsen ratings is no surprise, being the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. Um, Namco released a game called Sky Kid uh, around this time, and it was a side-scrolling shooter game that allowed two players simultaneously. Okay, cool. Uh, the New York Times bestseller was a book called The Mammoth Hunters by Jean Aoul, A-U-E-L, not one I'd heard of. Yeah, nor I. And my fun fact for 1985, this is when Mattel released the action figure of Stinkor. Stinkor? Oh, you don't remember Stinkor? Well, you were never a big He-Man person, Uh -uh. but people around my age will remember uh, that they created this character, Stinkor, which basically looked like a skunk, but he smelled. (laughs) And that's because they added patchouli oil to the molds when they created the character. Wow. I, I'm looking at him at now. Yeah, he's got an awful looking face. Um, yeah, and then apparently he smelled. That's 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 ridiculous, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, kind of notorious uh, toy for you know kids who were born in the late 70s, early 80s. Okay. Who loved He-Man. Very cool. And that was 1985. All right, John. We are going to have to unpack all of the twists and turns that are going to be happening ahead of us as we talk Clue. Blue 1985, directed by Jonathan Lynn. 
He also directed My Cousin Vinny, Sergeant Bilko, The Whole Nine Yards. Um, he also wrote the, this film alongside John Landis. John Landis, you know, from Blues Brothers, uh, American War in London, Trading Places, Three Amigos, mm-hmm. tons of stuff. The Whole Nine Yards is, is a movie that I think is underrated and was actually one of my favorite ones to watch when I was in college. I mean, I don't remember much. I remember seeing it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just remember Amanda Pete being topless. I unfortunately don't remember the rest of the movie. <laughs> I just, yeah. Well, it, it, it Bruce Willis and uh-huh. um, Matthew uh, Perry. Matthew Perry. And honestly, I'm not a huge Matthew Perry fan. Mm-hmm. This is like, that's like the only movie that I actually really like him in. Okay. Um, also, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, I believe, is also in that movie. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, maybe it's time that I revisit it. It's probably early enough we could talk about it here, honestly. (laughs) I think it was early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, probably would work. So, All right, the cast for this film. Uh, The butler slash Wadsworth is played by Tim Curry the Great. Uh, Fern Gully, legend, it, Rocky Horror. We all love our Tim Curry. Mm -hmm. Mrs. White is played by Madeline Kahn. She's in Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, lots of stuff. Mrs. Peacock is played by Eileen Brennan. Uh, she was in Private Benjamin, Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, um, a lot of smaller parts, including mm-hmm. uh, two episodes of Murder, She Wrote. So there you go. Another little Ooh. tie-in. Nice. Uh, Miss Scarlet was played by Leslie Ann Warren, and we talked about her when we discussed that uh, 1965 Cinderella film. Yeah. And she's done lots of other roles as well. Uh, and apparently, Carrie Fisher was originally contracted to play Miss Scarlet. Yeah, but I think she went into rehab. That's exactly what I saw. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate. I think she could have been. She could have been a very good one. I mean, it makes sense with John Landis had her mm-hmm. in Blues Brothers, and so pretty fitting. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, Professor Plum is played by Christopher Lloyd. Awesome, Christopher Lloyd. Back to the Future. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. We've talked about him in Adam's Family and Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well. Great, fun comedic actor. Angels in the Outfield. That's right, Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> not not one of his best, but it is one no. of them. Uh, Mr. Green is played by Michael McKeon. He's in Laverne and Shirley, Spinal Tap, SNL, uh, Daryl. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. him with Daryl um, and also Better Call Saul uh, fairly recently. So good stuff. Best in show is still one of my favorites that he's in. Yes, exactly. Uh, Colonel Mustard is played by Martin Mole, who I think about most um, as a side character on Roseanne, actually. But he's okay. been... Tons of stuff. He was also in uh, Arrested Development uh, for a reoccurring character. Sabrina the Teenage Witch as well. Bunch. He's a very prolific and fantastic character actor who just shows up in all kinds of stuff. He's really, really good. Exactly, exactly. He's all, He always elevates everything that he's in. Uh, and then Yvette is played by Colleen Camp. Um, she was also in Daryl, and she was in Die Hard with a Vengeance, Wayne's World, and also Murder, She Wrote for two episodes. As nice. well. So, yeah, more ties in for that. Mr. Body is played by Lee Ving, who was in Flashdance and Streets of Fire, but that's not what he's best known for. No, I believe he was the lead singer of a punk band called Fear. Yes, he is. I don't really, I checked out some of their stuff, and they're very, very punk. They're very LA kind of punk style. So, okay. I liked it. Liked it just fine. All right. Okay. And of course, this. Uh, this movie is based on the game Clue, or so, for some reason, and I know it was the original, they called it Cluedo. I cannot... Why was it Cluedo? I don't know. I, I, I didn't... Honestly, I didn't research it. I probably should, and I'm going to slowly talk. <laughs> um, that's why I Google Cluedo. All right. 
when they sold their idea uh, in 1987, yeah, it's called Cluedo, a combination of the word clue and the Latin word for play. Lame. Lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the, just, yeah, clue is just better. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the film's release. So this is an interesting thing. Um, so we're going to talk about the home version of the movie that ends with all three different versions. Um, you know, what what could have happened? This is a possible ending. And then here's what really happened. Mm-hmm. But in the movie theaters, it actually came out. Those three different endings were different endings you might get in any specific theater. Right. So you go from one place to another and you'll get a totally or potentially even a different showing. And you might get a totally different film uh, film ending. I think that is very unique. I think that's a fun little different thing that they did. And I, but I, I will say ultimately, I love how they turned it around for like, you know, how we get them all in this version. Yeah. And apparently that was John Landis's idea to do the three endings. And he was partially thinking that, well, people are going to want to go, you know, see it three different times. Unfortunately, it backfired Uh, and people really weren't interested in going out to see the movie again, like multiple times. So actually, in theaters, I don't think it actually did very well. It kind of was, it was kind of a flop. Yeah, so it had a budget of fifteen million, and it only made fourteen point six million. So it didn't Ooh. even make all of its money back. So that's that's a flop. Yeah, but it's definitely become a cult classic on home video. Yes. And I think I think having those three endings probably aided in sort of its cult status. Yeah, I, exactly. And I, it, it's been played on TV plenty. And you're right, VHS. Um, I remember us watching this, you know, I mean, not say like a super regular, but this was not an uncommon watch. Like we definitely watched this when we were younger. Yeah. Multiple times, multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was like a where and when exactly, but it just, it kind of kept coming up. So, um, so I did find out, or I saw, I read that there was a, an unused fourth ending to the film Mm -hmm. that apparently, so Wadsworth on this, in that version, Wadsworth committed all the murders and he was motivated. He was apparently motivated by his desire for perfection. Having failed to be either the perfect husband or the perfect butler, he decided to be the perfect murderer instead. Um, but John Landis didn't ultimately ended up cutting it and didn't think it was great. I'm glad he cut it. That does not really sound like it really fits the style of the movie at all to me. Nope. Nope. What they have is great. So let's get talking about this film. Actually, I do want to know, John, did you show your kids this movie? I didn't have to. We've watched this movie okay. multiple times. See, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, uh, we because, actually did yeah. watch it as a family, but I we've seen it many, many times. It was one of the one of the first older movies that we showed them probably a few years ago, and they like I remember my daughter asking to watch it like every day for a week. Nice <laughs> for a while. So wow. So yeah, I mean, I remember some of these ones that are particularly fond in our nostalgia. And so if, you know, if you like it or your wife likes it, then, you know, if you both like it, then of course show it to the kids mm-hmm. right away. So, yeah. All right. We start off. It's a dark and stormy night. Wadsworth enters this mansion. We see some interactions with him and these guard dogs. And then he steps in their shit for just a little <laughs> running gag for early on in the movie. You know what? That it took me a while when I was younger to realize really kind of what had happened. I think. Yeah. In some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, the same thing for me. When I was younger, I didn't really notice it. Like, they were doing that sniffing. I was like, what the fuck? Why is everybody smelling yeah. something? Uh, we find out it's New England in 1954. Um, so we get into the mansion. We meet Yvette and the cook. Uh, then Colonel Mustard enters. But we do find out 
Colonel Mustard, you know, he is a colonel, but all of these names are aliases. So they're all brought in by, you know, this uh, this person and telling them to wear, use aliases. So none of these, none of their names are their actual names. Uh, next comes Mrs. White, who she and a vet recognize each other right away. Then a woman is uh, uh, by a car that isn't working. Luckily, someone picks her up. It's Professor Plum, and that was Miss Scarlet. And so they're all they're going to the same dinner party uh, by happenstance. We then meet Mrs. Peacock and Mr. Green, who arrive, and then Scarlet and Plum all get to the mansion. So we've got pretty much everybody there. And did you notice of the characters who they did show the vehicles? The vehicles are the same color as the characters in the game. Oh, okay. So, Mister Colonel Mustard's car was yellow. uh, Professor Plum's car was purple. Miss Carl's car was red. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it wasn't like their dress isn't in this. And I think a lot, yeah, a lot of people would have put them like Scarlet wears a green dress, and a lot of people would have put her, and she doesn't have like bright red hair or anything. Right, and Miss White is dressed in all black. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, I don't need that. It's a little too on the nose. I like that that little bit about the cars, though. So. All right, uh, so dinner is ready. Uh, Wadsworth won't be eating. Instead, you know, what does he do? He's going to buttle. He buttles. Is this place for you? Indeed, no, sir. I'm merely a humble butler. What exactly do you do? I battle, sir. (laughs) I like that line. But Mr. Body will apparently be coming to join them, but he's apparently also a ghost and not the host. It's all very confusing what's happening right now. So they begin talking, trying to figure out, you know, what they're all doing there, what's going on. We find out Miss Peacock is a politician's wife. Professor Plum works for the World Health Organization. Colonel Mustard also works in DC. And, um, you know, that's a tie. They're all are associated with the government in one way or another or making their money, you know, from the government. Then mm-hmm. in comes Mr. Body. You know, he's kind of a kind of an asshole immediately, but <laughs> I like his I like his vibe. Apparently, um, and I don't know if this story is apocryphal, but apparently, he uh, he was cast because the they thought it would be funny that Mister Body was leaving, leaving. <laughs> wow, that okay, interesting. Like I said, I don't know that I don't know if that's true or not, but it is yeah, it's funny. All right, so after di- after dinner, they go to the study, and Mister Body acts weird. He says like this is all some setup. He tries to leave but he ended up being you know stopped by a different guard dog area because it's it's kind of strange because we're we're trying to figure out what's going on is wadsworth in charge here is mr mm-hmm. body in charge here like who's the mastermind like what is going on but we do find out that everyone who is there is being blackmailed and wadsworth describes what they're being blackmailed for uh, professor plum slept with one of his patients uh, peacock took bribes for her senator's husband uh, for his vote on stuff. Scarlet ran an escort service. Find out apparently Colonel Mustard was a client of that <laughs> of that service. <laughs> I do like the line. The uh, Is that a double negative? That sounds like a confession to me. In fact, the double negative has led to proof positive. I'm afraid you gave yourself away. A lot of quotable lines in this movie. A lot of quotable lines. There's tons of stuff in this film. You know, that makes this one, I think, become such a cult classic. The writing is on point. Yeah. So. One thing that I didn't I didn't catch until uh, kind of recently is, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of going back a little bit with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's set in the 50s. I believe like the, I think a title card comes up and says like New England 1953 or 54. Early, yeah. 54. So uh, when Wadsworth first goes to the kitchen to talk to the cook, she has like a television on and on it is the Army McCarthy hearings. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, which you know is part of the Red Scare and and all of that, and it was yeah. also it's also infamous because it was um, 
famous because someone during that hearing like finally sort of stood up to McCarthy and I think the it said something like sir have you no decency apparently like no one had ever oh. been he had never been called out like that before and it was sort of like the beginning of the end of McCarthy's career gotcha yeah uh, well John if there's one thing we know communism is just a red herring so <laughs> but I did have to explain to my children what a red herring was <laughs> it's a fish uh well yes it is but it's film term anybody who doesn't know it it's basically like a it's a plot device used in writing um as to kind of send the direction of the the audience or you know of the, or the different characters or whatnot but ultimately there's something you know it's, it's kind of a distraction right yeah it's like yeah, a it's fake a, clue it's a clue yeah, towards fake. the wrong answer or something yes yes but i really i wonder i i'm sure I could look it up like where like it has to have coming from a story where the red herring was Something that led people to the wrong direction. I wonder, it's got to come from something. All right. So um, it, uh, oh, no, that isn't it. <laughs> it says, what does the expression come from? Well, the expression meaning is a false clue first popped up in British fox hunting circles. Smoked and salted herrings turn bright red uh, in the curing process and emit a pungent fishy smell. But that, that does not. That doesn't explain. It doesn't <laughs> help me on this fact. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. Uh, there's a couple different theories. So it is it is having to do with having to do potentially, you know, with, with the hunting dogs and fox hunting dogs. Uh, one theory being that escaped prisoners used fish to cover their tracks and confuse the dogs that were trailing them. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, I can I can allow that. So, okay, back to it. Uh, what else we find out? Oh, yeah, Mrs. White, uh, all of her husbands have died of mysterious circumstances. I, another great line. You know, he threatened to kill her in public. He didn't actually seem to like me very much. He had threatened to kill me in public. Why would he want to kill you in public? I think she meant he threatened in public to kill her. <laughs> I mean, just, again, wordplay. Yeah. The wordplay in this film is magnificent. And also Mr. Green, he confesses to his own, uh, him saying he's a homosexual and he has to pay blackmail to keep that hidden. And, you know, there's some of the homosexual jokes that don't, I mean, they don't go heavy into that, which is good, but they do play off of it that it makes other people uncomfortable in this. And I, that stuff doesn't play as much, but I can you can kind of understand, you know, definitely back in the 50s that this is said, and even in the 80s, that was more of a, a joke than it actually, you know, than it is now, because it's not. So, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, all right. Uh, Mr. Body is the one who is blackmailing them all. And we find out that the police are going to be there in about 45 minutes or so. Uh, Mr. Body brings out his bag that's filled with presents uh, that are weapons they have for each of them. So different people get, you know, all the weapons from the game, the lead pipe, the candlestick, revolver, et cetera, et cetera, are all there. And so he's saying, you know, hey, if you take me to the police, then you will all be exposed. Basically, mm-hmm. so it's going to happen. So instead, he thinks one of y'all should just kill Wadsworth. He's got the key has locked us all in here and we'll just leave and we'll just continue how things are going. He turns off the lights, we hear some noises, and Mr. Body ends up on the floor, seemingly dead. But can't really tell how he died. There's no blunt trauma. Uh, there was a gunshot that went off, but it's hit the wall. Um, but So maybe he was poisoned, John. And then Miss Peacock freaks out, and it's funny, Mr. Green has to slap her. I love that. I had to stop her from screaming. Um, but then they hear screams from another room, and then they rush over. Uh, the screaming uh, is a vet because she's scared because she also drank the cognac. Yes. So. Now, 
I should have planned this ahead of time, but when this scene happened, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to pay attention to who is actually missing in uh-huh. the scene. Yes. And I did notice that when they all run out of the room, they have like a little hallway scene where you see them run out of one room and towards mm-hmm. the thing, uh, they all come out and then Miss Peacock kind of like saunters in. And then as soon as they enter the room, you see her start to leave, and then it cuts into the room, and she's not in the room. Ah, uh, okay. Good, because I didn't pay enough attention to that. I, every time I watch this film, I go back. <laughs> once I'm at the end, I'm like, I should go back and see if these people were actually in the scenes or not. I keep meaning to do that, but the thing is, is I get sucked into like the performances <laughs> and how funny yes. it is and, and stuff like that, and I forget to do that portion of it. Okay, well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, uh, have paid a little attention a little bit more this time. So, um, all right. So, uh, we also see that Wadsworth was recording the conversations and other stuff. And Wadsworth is apparently Mr. Body's butler, um, and he and his wife are being blackmailed uh, because basically because uh, she had some friends that were socialist. Haha, yeah. <laughs> McCarthyism. Yep, kind of a funny thing. That's um, I do find- What's up? I said that's coming around. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, really, f- I, I find I do find that joke particularly funny now yeah. because s- being called a socialist is like it, it's it's become a, like another like thing like the people on the far right. Like, oh, you're just a fucking socialist. You yeah. know, it's like, just it, like, like it's supposed to be some sort of insult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. So. Uh, they try to figure out who killed Mr. Body and realize that the cook is the only other person in the room. And so they run over to the kitchen. Uh, but when they find her, she's dead and stabbed in the back with the knife. So, oh, no, what the fuck happened? Uh, cook is played by uh, Kelly Nakahara. Uh, she's been in a good few other stuff. Uh, she has been in a, over 160 episodes of MASH. So oh, wow. another huge, huge thing that she was part of. So. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Mustard accuses Mrs. White because, you know, she killed her husband. She's already kind of has been talked about as a murderer, uh, allegedly killed her husband. Um, but uh, Peacock is the person who had the knife earlier. So they bring the cook uh, and the body into the study. But now Mr. Body's body is now gone. Shit. So he must not have been dead. I still every time I still love it when they come in and and Pr- Professor Plum's like, Look, and then they drop the front of the cook, and she just, I, I don't know if it's a stunt person, it probably is a stunt person, or if it could be a fake body, but just the way that it clumps right onto the ground, it's yeah. just perfectly funny. It is, it is. They're looking around trying to figure out, Scarlet finds uh, photos of Colonel Mustard uh, as doing what she calls a heinous act, and it's uh, kind of insinuated that Yvette is the other person in the pictures. Uh, Miss Peacock needs to go use the bathroom, but when she does, she finds now a definitely dead Mr. Body who kind of <laughs> falls out in onto her, uh, apparently killed by a candlestick that drops on Wadsworth heads very drops on Wadsworth head very comically. We're trying to find out who killed him and where and with what. There's no need to shout. I'm not shouting. All right, I am. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. <laughs> All right, they bring everyone into the study. Uh, Wadsworth locks all of the weapons in the cabinet because, you know, people are, someone is killing these people. He's about to throw the key away, but a motorist is at the door. 
His car broke down and he just needs to use the phone. That motorist is played by Jeffrey Kramer. Uh, he was a deputy in Jaws and Jaws 2. And then also uh, he's become a producer. So he was a producer on things like The Practice and Ally McBeal. Oh. But uh, he gets taken into the lounge. You can use the phone and it gets locked in there. They uh, have Wadsworth throw away the key. Uh, which he throws that throws a key away, <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> and Colonel Mustard could use a drink. And I do love this line uh, where uh, someone says, uh, "Is everything all right?" He looks into the to the rooms. Just checking. Everything all right? Yep. Two corpses. Everything's fine. <laughs> so it's just it's great. I mean, yeah. Playing off that you know this is a normal thing. So just fun wordplay uh, from Mustard and Wadsworth as well on if there are other people in the house. I like that back and forth. Um, and he then suggests that everybody should split up into pairs. So they draw matchstick lengths uh, to pair up and each kind of nervously have to kind of go around with their partner looking in different rooms and whatnot. And we just get some good comedy because um, they're all nervous about both the person they're with and then also the potential of another person being in the house. Yeah. So And it's a small thing, but obviously all of the pairs were set up in the script to be together for a certain reason. So when they did the drawing, because they did that all in one take, it looks like, Tim Curry had to be handed the matchsticks in a specific order so that they would be taken in the right order to match up with the right people. Okay. No, it's good. I mean, I, and the pairs are just perfect. You know, you get yeah. Plum and Peacock, because Plum wants to be with, like, the attractive, you know, any pretty, of the attractive. Pretty much any other woman. He is a horn dog. <laughs> and I, I love that. I mean, one, uh, he like grabs Miss Scarlet's ass earlier and he's just he's he's very much a horn dog. But he gets with Miss Peacock, the one he is not interested in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Mr. Green, the one uh, gay person in the room is with the hottie in the room. Right. Uh, a vet and it's so on and so on. So it's just it's well done. So uh, we get a quick shot. A police officer notices this motorist car broken down. So he uh, heads back and then some mysterious person. We just kind of see their hands starts burning evidence and the tape uh, recording and then opens up the cabinet with the key. And we're going to see what happens. The motorist is in the lounge. Then this mysterious person comes through the fireplace. Again, we don't see anything. I see who it is and knocks him in the head with the wrench, killing him. Uh, the motorist does before he, you know, gets hit. He talks about his old boss being there. Um, and so again, it's just like, okay, shit, there's, there's more stuff to this. Even even mm-hmm. this random person apparently is part of this whole thing. Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet find a secret passage from the conservatory, which leads to the fireplace that we had seen just got used. Mm-hmm. They find the dead motorist and scream, and everyone kind of comes back to try and help them get out. Let us out. Let us out. Let you know. Let us in. Let us in. Right. Let us out. Let us out. I like that. Yvette runs and grabs the gun, accidentally trips, shoots the rope holding up the chandelier, and then shoots the lock of the door. And she's a crack shot, I will say. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> she's damn good. They all get out, and then the chandelier falls directly behind Colonel Mustard, scaring the shit out of him, which is funny. By the way, all the secret passages are accurate to the board game. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't think to check that, but uh, yeah, there's exactly every corner kind of goes on the opposite corner. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, you know what? We didn't really mention, let's insert it now, why not? The Clue board game. You know, are you are, is that a game you're nostalgic for? I love the game Clue. I love Clue. It's a it's a lot of fun and it, it's one that I remember us playing a lot. In fact, I have a strategy for how I write down my stuff that was taught to me by our mother. Yeah. 
it was her strategy that she used a lot, and I found it to be very effective. I I, I believe it's the same strategy. I'm tempted to not really say it because I don't no. want anybody out there. Nope. To- <laughs> nope, I don't want anyone to know. I don't want anyone to know. Exactly. But I use the same thing, and I um, I have won games of Clue you know, enough. My winning percentage is decent, I'll say, and I like the strategies that, mm-hmm. that we have learned. So. Do you have a favorite, other than the original, do you have a favorite version of Clue? Because by now, there's like, uh, all the classic board games, in order to keep up, have had different versions and stuff like that to uh, to well, go through. I haven't played too many of them. Okay. I, I, at your house, we played the Harry Potter version. I was about to mention that one. Go ahead. And the, it, well, there was, because there's another element to that one yeah. where it like turns stuff and you can't be found like in the halls at certain things. Like it, it enhances the game. It does a little extra to it and it's not right. literally just a copy paste with different, you know, names to it. So I like that. Yeah. I like, I like that one too, because it, it adds some, it adds a little bit of a variation, an extra element and. Um, even if like even if you're not really a big fan of of Harry Potter, it just adds something else that you have to keep track of while you're playing the game. Yeah, exactly. The doorbell rings. It's the cop who found that broken car, and that cop is played by Bill Henderson. And John, you would probably recognize him. Um, he was part of the uh, the father and son. Yeah. Uh, in City Slickers. Yep, I recognize him from that. Yep. So everyone else I like is like trying to hide the insanity that's going on. But Mr. Green, uh, Mr. Green is kind of like this. He seems like he's a, just a genuine person. He doesn't really yeah. seem like he fits with everybody else. Right. But uh, that's exactly, you know, what's, what's going to go on. He's being honest to the cop while everyone else is trying to hide, uh, you know, what, what's going on. So Wadsworth has the cop go into the library and I do like, he even says, don't I know you to a vet? So it's just like, again, there's other little things like, okay, is this guy involved with shit too? And as he's walking, they shut the door to the lounge in the study, making him suspicious about that so the cop then receives a call a call from j edgar hoover is on the phone <laughs> the fuck obviously j edgar hoover was the head of the uh, fbi mm-hmm. at the time notoriously not a good person okay i had literally all i know about j edgar hoover was in the fbi and then uh, apparently the cross-dressing thing which i don't even know if that's a real thing or not i don't know if it's a real thing but he he was definitely not really a good person okay so the cop just, you know, being very suspicious, he wants to go look around. So Mr. Green kind of shows him stuff, but the cop forces like, hey, I want to see what's going on in those two rooms, the study and the lounge, which we knew the dead bodies uh, previously are being held. And to um, hide it, they have some music going and they make it kind of look like a swingers party or at least just like a, you know, a, ma- a party where everybody's getting drunk and making out now. So the cop is convinced he's hidden. I do. I always like this song. They have a. Uh, you know, the shaboom, shaboom. Mm-hmm. That song, I love that song. Just kind of like hiding it well, having to move these dead bodies and whatnot and make them... You know, you would think, though, if they found these secret passages, they could have just hid them in the secret passages, get the, get them out of the way pretty quickly, but whatever. It's more funny this way, so... All right, uh, so he needs to use the phone, and so he goes back onto the phone, and he gets locked in again. And they need to continue searching the house, so the cop is in there. Miss Scarlet finds another secret passage, this one from the kitchen to the study. Uh, and so obviously this is the one, you know, this is kind of where they found the dead cook. Then someone turns off the power 
Uh, Yvette runs into the billiard room. Someone kills her with a rope. And then the door opens to the library. The cop is killed by a lead pipe. And then we get a random singing telegram. I am your singing telegram. And then a gun goes off killing that person. Holy shit. Three murders. And perfectly timed, too. Perfectly timed. You know, Wadsworth turns the uh, power back on. Three murders. Six altogether. This is getting serious. As if the the previous (laughs) three murders weren't uh, serious. I like that line. Uh, So that singing telegram, Jane Weedlin, or Weedlin? Weedlin. Jane Weedlin, uh, you would probably recognize her uh, for as Joan uh, in Joan of Arc in the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, okay. But uh, far more famously, she's one of the co-founders of the Go-Go's. Yeah, I believe she was the guitar player. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Wadsworth at this point believes he knows who did it, and he runs through everything step by step. I, I can't recreate this stuff you know Mm -hmm. i'm not going to try um and probably won't be able to cut it all in but this is just i love this stuff this him recreating everything is wonderful you get the funny music going along you know he's recreating the dead body on the floor and uh, Mm -hmm. the cook dying and all this kind of stuff and kind of throwing around mr green (laughs) as (laughs) well tim curry has the best silly run uh Uh, i mean the way he runs in this just makes me laugh every time yep (laughs) Uh, but kind of through this, we find out that all of the uh, other people who had been killed at this night or who showed up mm-hmm. have all either been accomplices or something. They've all had to do with the blackmail plots. Mm-hmm. So uh, amidst going through it all, the doorbell rings and it's some guy pushing Christian literature. And I know you recognize this guy. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Howard Hesseman. Which we've talked about twice now in uh, Billy Jack and Flight of the Navigator. Yep. Best known for, I believe, is it KRRP in Cincinnati? I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah, W yeah, WKRP. Yeah, I can't Cincinnati. remember. I can never remember the letters, but. Yep. Uh, so they shut the door on him and continue. Wadsworth reveals that Yvette apparently killed Mr. Body and the cook, and then everyone else was killed by Miss Scarlet. And they do this whole thing of whoever has the gun. Mm-hmm. And we also get the line, communism is a red herring, and we're going to get that through all of these uh, different ends and Wadsworth calls out that there's no more bullets in the gun. There was one shot at Mr. Body in the study, two for the chandelier, two at the lounge door, and one for the singing telegram. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. Uh-uh. There was only one shot that got the chandelier. That's one plus two plus one plus one. Even if you were right, that would be one plus one plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. Okay, fine. One plus two plus one. Shut up! <laughs> All that, I love that. But anyway, the uh, door comes in and they take away Scarlet and Wadsworth ends up shooting another bullet, uh, and it hits the chandelier, and it breaks behind Colonel Mustard again. Ha, 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 John. That's how it could have happened. Mm -hmm. But how about this? And then we cut back to Wadsworth, who's kind of going through everything, kind of time jump back, if you will. This time, at the end of this one, Mrs. Peacock was the killer. Um, We do find out that they were eating monkey's brains. You told us at dinner that we were eating one of your favorite recipes. And monkey's brains, though popular in Cantonese cuisine, are not often to be found in Washington, D.C. And again, communism is a red herring. I didn't look this up, but I wonder if monkey's brains really is a delicacy in Cantonese cuisine, because that's what he said. I, it, is, it is exactly what he says. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I... Honestly, that line takes me back to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, okay. Sure. Because there is that scene when they are sitting down yes. and they get chilled monkey's brains. 
Ford. Maybe didn't. all those people were Cantonese. I don't know. Uh, no, they were all Indian. Oh, that's right. That's correct. They Cantonese would be in China. Yes, that is very different. So she kind of takes her gun and she points it and she's going to leave. Uh, they sing awkwardly. She's a jolly good fellow as she walks out and uh, we find out Wadsworth is working with the FBI. The guy who is the Christian literature pusher, you know, is like the chief and he gets her and arrests her. And that's the end of that one. And then we get a title card. But here's what really happened. Now, I will say the Miss Peacock ending is my least favorite of the three. Yeah. And then the what's really happened is definitely my favorite of the three. Yeah. So we cut back to Wadsworth going through everything again. But this time he explains that they all did it. Miss Peacock is the person who killed the cook. Miss Scarlet killed the police officer. Mr. Colonel Mustard killed the motorist. Uh, Mrs. White killed a vet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Plum killed Mr. Body. Yep. All of that kind of stuff. And th- we actually find out that he's the actual Mr. Body. Um, so he is the mastermind behind everything. I like how disappointed uh, Professor Plum is when he's like, well, who did I kill? My butler. <laughs> exactly. Shoot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Mr. Green, we find out, has a hidden gun and he pulls it out and he kills Wadsworth, a.k.a. Mr. Body. He was a plant from the FBI and we end with one of just the best lines that I, I'm sure both of us quote. <laughs> okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. And I definitely have used that as a parting oh, yeah. line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, I want to talk about how awesome Tim Curry's comedic timing is. Sure. Because when he gets shot, what's funny to me is how quickly he goes, oh, good shot, Green. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very fast. You would think in, in a regular movie... Someone who was just shot would be shocked before they actually said something. But for some reason, how quickly he comes back with that, and then he goes through the process of kind of like dying against the wall. Very good Very shot. good shot. <laughs> just, oh, he's, he's such a perfect comedic actor. He is. He is. I mean, this is one of his all-time great uh, roles mm-hmm. that he's done, and, and one that I'll, you know, forever remember as his. We have one of my favorites, so. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we get the end of the film. Shake, rattle, and roll plays. And we get the clue cards that are flipping around, showing us the actors. I think that's a fantastic. Yeah. End. Always, always appreciate that sort of thing at the end, and and very apropos of clue, and and I like that. Yep. Um, I'll be short and sweet because. Uh, um, it's just a fucking awesome film. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is one I'll pull out every couple years and rewatch it because the more I watch this movie, probably the more I get out of it. The The writing is so quick. It is so witty. It's just intelligent, fun comedy. It remains probably one of my all-time favorite comedies. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing that we should do, a top 10. We haven't done like a top 10 favorite comedy movies. We haven't done a top 10 movies episode in a while. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of music stuff. So maybe we can rank our top 10 favorite comedies or maybe we could do like a hey John, we're going to we're going to an island and we can only bring 10 movies. What movies are you doing? Um or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know what? I would like to do that. I I bet Clue would make my list, but then, you know, I have to go back and really think about other comedies as well. But this is, you know, this is just a phenomenal film to me. Yeah. Uh I can watch this movie anytime. You know, if I was scrolling, not that I scroll through cable TV much anymore, um, but if I was scrolling through it and it came in at any point, I would probably just watch it from there on. I could I could enjoy it. I don't have to watch it from beginning to end. 
So many quotable lines, so many funny scenes, such great acting from just a powerhouse cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't like this movie, you're not human. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you don't have a funny bone. Yeah, and and so, probably not a soul. Yeah, if you believe in that sort of thing. You know, I will say one thing I noticed with this movie more probably even yeah, like I said each time I watch it, I notice something else or something new. I never noticed just how many times people look down into Yvette's cleavage. Like and, and this time I noticed it like every, holy crap. It's like every time she's in a scene, like 12 times someone is looking at her cleavage. So yeah, it's funny. So, uh, right, John. Now, uh, let's talk some murder. She wrote. All right. Murder Mystery continues with Murder, She Wrote. This show ran from 1984 to 1996. 12 seasons, 264 episodes. That's a hell of a run. Hell of a run. And this is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, they loved this show when Mm -hmm. this was out. I mean, it had a good cult following. Or not cult following, just a big following. And yeah, it, it just always seemed to be on TV. I mean, it's it's kind of like those ones where, you know, it was like Matlock. It was for the older people. It was the show that they enjoyed. But you know what? It was on for 12 seasons, so you can't say it was that bad of a show if it kept going. It was making, you know, it was definitely making, and I don't know where, you know, if old people liked it, I'm just going to assume it was on CBS. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't remember. I, I don't know what network it was on, but I'm I'm sure yeah. they loved uh, having this show on. It is funny how uh, CBS has become the old person network. You know that is that is just it, mm-hmm. and it was on CBS. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, the show was created by Peter Fisher, uh, Richard Levison, and William Link, and pretty much they all were writers on Columbo. Um, Richard Levinson huh. created Columbo and also a show called Jericho. William Link uh, created shows like Mannix, also Jericho with Levinson um, and the Cosby Mysteries that I don't think anybody watched. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they all were doing law and murder stuff. Yeah. So the cast for this show, Jessica Fletcher is played by Angela Lansbury. Bedknobs and Broomsticks is the thing I know her best from besides this show. Um, she was the, a voice of, uh, I think, Mrs. Potts in yep. the Beauty and the Beast movie. Tons of stuff as well for Angela Lansbury. Still alive. Still. Uh, 96 okay. years old. I was going to say, she's got to be creeping up to 100 territory. Okay, yep. 96. Wow, 96. good for her. Good for her. And then she is, I mean, she's the main character. There, there will be some reoccurring characters that popped up from time to time. Uh, Dr. Seth Hazlitt uh, was played by William Wyndham. He was in To Kill a Mockingbird, apparently. Um, mm. Escape from the Planet of the Apes. And also Uncle Buck. So a good know. span yeah. uh, from this person. Um, and I think we've mentioned it before. We, we need to do To Kill a Mockingbird at some point. Oh, yeah, we do. On this. Yeah. We haven't done like an old, old movie in a while, I don't think. No, not since we had our mother on for... Um, yeah. Um, Wizard of Wizard Oz. Wizard of Oz, yeah. Yeah. So Sheriff Mort Mort Metzger is played by Ron Masick. He was in Tora Tora Tora, uh, another all-time great film and tons of small roles for that person. Deputy Andy Broom is played by Lewis Hertham. He's been in a lot of stuff recently. He was in Westworld, Longmire, True Blood, uh, mm. plenty of stuff from him. Okay. And Sheriff Amos Tupper is played by Tom Bosley. Tom Bosley. Tom Bosley in Happy Days and Father Dowling Mysteries as well. 
I like. I'm looking at this, and we're we're listing like the most frequent characters, but the drop off is pretty huge because huge. Angela Lansbury, 264 episodes. The next one down, only 53 episodes. So they really, mm-hmm. they really spanned across all different kinds of stories for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I looked through, I mean, 264 episodes in the 80s and 90s, you're going to have some people who have showed up. Um, so here are just some of the names that have shown up uh, that I recognize. There was a bunch more that I recognize as well. But people who have appeared on the show, John Aston, Jessica Walter, Mark Ralston, William Atherton, uh, Brian Cranston, Lee Merriweather, John Rees Davies, Charles Napier, Graham Green, Bill Maher, Leslie Nielsen, Alan Oppenheimer, Cesar Romero, Milter, Milton Burl, uh, Vanessa Angel, LeVar Burton, Tom Selleck. He actually played Magnum P.I. Uh, <laughs> there's a, crossover, there's a crossover episode. Adam West and Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, in a young role for him all have appeared on Murder, She Wrote a Bunch amongst tons of other people that I know I missed. So, so yes, this show focuses on the character of Jessica Fletcher. She is a murder mystery writer, and she's an amateur detective. She basically uses her knowledge uh, from writing all these novels about murder and whatnot to um, find herself getting involved in solving a series of murders that take place in the fictional town of Cabot Cove or all across the U.S. and whatnot. I think this show very much... it's, It's akin to... These people who love murder, mur- murder mystery podcasts, and then they actually like want to and try to go out and solve these mystery these murders. You know, all these unsolved mysteries out there. Um, people will actually like take it upon themselves to like listen up to these podcasts and whatnot, and then they they become amateur detectives. Like it, it, it it's 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 fun. I know my wife doesn't really do that, but she loves what is it called? I call them murder girls, but it's uh. How, not how I met your murder. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I can't remember. They're very popular podcast. We'll never get that popular, but uh, mm-hmm. she listens to them and some other ones. Mm-hmm. So, but like, that's, that's definitely like a whole thing now. Like murder is so in right now. It's <laughs> weird as that is. <laughs> so talking about the show, I enjoyed the intro um, mm-hmm. with the theme song done by John Addison. The theme song is fine. It's just kind of like I mean, it's classic old person right. instrumental music. But it does it does get stuck in your head a little bit. It does. I, I found myself like humming it a good bit after after watching yeah. a couple episodes. So yeah, I I liked. I mean, she's like furiously writing, you know, in the mm-hmm. intro and like kind of over episode footage and shit like that. Uh, the guy who wrote it, John Addison, won an Oscar for best original score in 1963, and he actually won an Emmy for this song that he wrote for Murder, She Wrote. Okay. Angela Lansbury was nominated for 12 Emmys 
for her performance. So every season, wow. she is nominated for an Emmy, and she didn't win a fucking one. Oh, she didn't win a single Emmy for her performance <laughs> as, as Jessica Oh, Fletcher. That's rough. Yeah, 12, to 12 years in a row, not winning once. Holy shit! But she did win four, uh, four Golden Globes at least okay. for the role. That's a so. that's that's a long long time of uh of uh sitting at sitting and pretending to be happy for the camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta get <laughs> fucking sick of that, you know? Damn. After the show ended, uh, there were four made-for-TV movies that came out between. To 1997 and 2003 so it's not like she didn't continue playing jessica fletcher a little bit mm-hmm. and there were also two point and click video games released for pc um one in 2009 and one in 2012 and then a spin-off book series which is still in publication today there are over 50 novels uh written in this murder she wrote uh series and all the novels john are written by like an actual author but also credited to Jessica Fletcher. Oh, so okay. they're literally the authors say Jessica Fletcher and so-and-so wrote this novel. So right. I love that. I love that. So I ended up only watching one episode. How about you? I watched two and a half episodes. <laughs> okay. Wow. Two and a half episodes. I watched the pilot or the first episode mm-hmm. and I was going to jump around, but it ended on such a cliffhanger that I had to go to the next episode because I wanted to find out what happened. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. I, I just picked a random one in okay. the middle. So, oh, interesting. And then I did pick one randomly. I went I went on IMDb and looked up what was the highest rated episode and looked on that one. And I, that, I watched that one this morning, so I didn't get through it. Also, yeah. I didn't actually like it as much as I liked the first two episodes. So, which I, one? Which one was it? It was like the death of JB Fletcher or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 Kind of looked through an IMD. I just picked a random season. I picked like season three, okay. and then I went through the highest rated on that one. So it wasn't the same then. Okay, no, they were on an airplane for mine. It was like a murder that happened on an airplane. Okay, no, this one was it, from like season seven. Gotcha. Mine, mine had the um, the actress who uh, was the captain in Star Trek Voyager. I can't remember her name. Kate Mulgrew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She was nice. on. She was on that one. So, but yeah, I watched the one episode. I will say, I didn't want to watch another after that. <laughs> this show is for old people it's still for old people i respect it respect the hell out of angela lansbury and i do like uh murder mystery stuff like i death on the nile was fantastic i love that movie knives out is a fantastic film mm-hmm. like when you can clue is a fantastic <laughs> film i love murder mysteries when they're done well um here they kind of have to wrap it all up in a 45-minute package, mm-hmm. so it's kind of some of it gets convoluted, but overall the pacing just felt very slow to me. It just felt like a slow moving show, and I can understand why old people dug it. <laughs> so, But for me, I, I got through the one and I was like, that's enough for me. I After you know watching the few episodes I did, I got the feeling that if I watched through like everything, th- I was going to find like a few gems there's going to be some episodes that are just going to be really good. Like, I really actually enjoyed the first two episodes. Okay. I was I really wanted to find out what happened, so I went to the next one. And then when I watched that the one, it was it was too silly and you know, I think that if I found the right episodes, I could enjoy it more. Like I said, I liked the first two. The other one was too slow and I 
the acting was over the top on the one episode that I watched. With 240-something episodes, you're going to have some stinkers, and you're going to have some really good ones, and it's just going to be weeding through them to find out. And I could see myself sitting through another episode or two if I, and this is going to be, you can't really do this, but if I knew ahead of time it was going to be an episode I liked. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Which is is going to be really hard to to find ahead of time, also without finding out what the end of the mystery is. So, mm-hmm. um, I can't see myself going out to find it specifically. But I mean, if you are interested, it is on Peacock and it's actually free. So if you have, if you can go on and make an account and not pay the subscription, you can still yep. uh, watch this show. Oh, yeah. All of the shows, I bet the movies might be on there too. So yeah, yeah. So if you guys are itching for uh, Murder She Wrote, yeah, check it out on Peacock. This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by. What's that in your hand? No way, Mom. He was murdered by Colonel Mustard in the dining room. What's that in your hand? With the knife. Wrong, Susie. It was Miss Scarlet in the billiard room with the... What's that in your hand? In the game of Clue, you'll figure out who done it with what and where. Think fast, because no two games of Clue are ever the same. With the... Rope. Throw the wrench. No, the revolver. This game is murder. Clue from Parker Brothers. All right, now for the casting portion of the show. I think this is going to be the part that uh, Adam's been looking forward to the most because he's been telling me over the last few days how uh, happy he, or he is with his casting. Love my casting. And I love this movie. Like I could cast every character in this movie and, and be happy doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a fun cast. I got excited about it because the cast, the first, the cast of the original is so perfect and awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I just love the movie. And so it's like, Shit, what what would my take be on it? I'm I'm I don't know. I hope I hope you'll get excited about it, but I'm curious. I know when they do a new one of these movies, I'm probably gonna be upset and be like, <laughs> we don't need that. But like, I don't know. For some reason, I'm excited for this casting. Yeah. Uh, so we got a lot of characters to talk about. We got to do Wadsworth, Mrs. White, Mrs. Peacock, Mrs. Scarlet, uh, Professor Plum, Mr. Green, Colonel Mustard, Yvette, and Mr. Body. By the way, in England. Mr. Green is referred to as, or at least in the original game, was Reverend Green. I saw that on a couple different like other castings uh, that I'd kind of just done some research on. And mm-hmm. I'm like, who the fuck is Reverend Green? I don't know. It's like there's this whole other background or something on stuff that I didn't know. So yeah, okay. So all kind of the big important ones could do the cook. She doesn't really speak all that much. Yeah. All the other guys just kind of come in for a little. Advet at least does spend a lot of time on screen mm-hmm. and speaking, so it made sense to do that. Should we just go in that reverse order? Yeah, I'm cool with that. You got to end with Wadsworth. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and start with Mr. Body. Adam, I'm interested to hear what your pick is. So uh, the guy I picked is similar enough. I think he kind of has a similar enough look to Lee Ving, and his talents are probably wasted in this role. He's a way bigger name. I have a, cu- than- I have a couple of those where I feel like the talents are probably wasted, but maybe they'd have fun with it. Yeah, uh, you know what? Maybe they had fun with it. He can be funny he can be intense he can be awesome i went with tom hardy <laughs> that's a wow that's an interesting call i just you can kind of i can see him being like an asshole at times yeah. you know like think it, inception he's kind of get he's kind of got these snarky comments every now and then yeah. in some of his shows i just whatever it was there was a vibe that i was like this is a similar vibe to um you know the leaving version yeah that's a very interesting call 
Tom Hardy's really good. He could do anything. And yeah, because he would have to do a lot of dead body poses. (laughs) Sure. It'd be fun to do. I would, you know what? I would be interested. If nothing, out of curiosity, I would Mm -hmm. want to see that. Okay. All right. So for my Mr. Body, I ended up going a little bit older. Okay. Because um, Mr. Body could be anything. I mean, any of these characters could be anything. They're very generic. You don't really have to stick to what was in this movie or what was in the board game, how they looked or whatever. But this actor, I've seen him play sort of smarmy characters before, and that's kind of what Mr. Body was to me. He was just kind mm-hmm. of the smarmy guy. He's a little bit older. For some reason, I could ju- I could only see him as Mr. Body in this, and that's Kevin Pollock. Okay. I can I I'm cool with that. I feel like I yeah, I've definitely seen the smarmy I think actually in the whole nine yards he kinda played like the smarmy um Sure. Uh like not hitman, like mob boss type character. Yeah. And I can I, I feel like I yeah, I've seen him in roles like that like that enough. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I, I'm very cool with that. Cool. Yvette. This is gonna be interesting. So I I kinda went back on a, a couple things, and my first thought was well, she's supposed to be French. I should cast someone French. But then you realize at the end when she gets killed, she drops the French accent when she talks. So I don't think she really was right. I think she was, she was, it was supposed to be a top fake. This one, I definitely picked an actress who's probably bigger than the role, but she's kind of played that ditzy esque character before. And maybe she would just have fun with it. I went with Kaylee Cuoco. Oh, I like that. Uh, she's very. Very curvy. I think she would look great. Um, I haven't seen any of her show Flight Attendant, but I've heard it's actually quite good. I've heard the same thing. I, I haven't seen it yet. I love her performance as uh, Harley Quinn in the animated series, and I've heard they're finally coming out with the next season. The first two seasons okay. I just found to be absolutely hilarious and loved them. Okay, cool, cool. I, I like that a lot. I didn't, um, I n- didn't consider her, but I like that. Cool. Yeah, I definitely, and I like. The image of looking at her chest. I'm not going to lie. Kaylee Cuoco, there was a time in my life I would have slit my best, best friend's throat for one night with her. She she was like my top tier for a bit. Best friend, not family, right? Uh, yeah, not family. Don't okay. worry. I, w- I wouldn't cross that line. Okay. All right. Well, who was your event? I did go the French route. Okay. So you are absolutely correct in that she drops the, you know, the act because she works for uh, Miss Scarlet. I'm wondering so, if you went with the person who I initially went with, so this will be interesting. So yeah, I, I looked through a couple different French uh, actresses, and this person is absolutely gorgeous, and she has been in uh, multiple uh, James Bond films. Uh, she was born in Paris. I went with Lea Seydoux. Oh, not at all who I went with. Okay. Uh, how do you spell that? L-E-A and then S-E-Y-D-O-U-X. Oh, I have seen. I think I don't know that I recognize her from most of the films. I don't know if I saw Spectre or Time to Die or No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. But I I think I've seen her before when searching for different actresses gotcha. for things. So I definitely recognize that photo. Okay. Gorgeous woman. Yep. I'm sure she, you know, I'm sure she'd kill it. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Colonel Mustard. I'm actually proud of my Colonel Mustard pick, but I want to hear yours first. I didn't think too hard about Colonel Mustard. Martin Mole is great. I need someone with good comedic timing, but also you can kind of believe would be a colonel. A lot. I saw a lot of other people kind of cast this because I do sometimes check on like my cast, mm-hmm. uh, my cast IO every now and then just to kind of give me some ideas. And then I run through and kind of go through my other stuff. And he was this guy was vehemently casted by the majority 
of Clue uh, in that one in, in on that website. Immediately, I was like, yep, that's who I want. I don't even want to think about it anymore. Nick Offerman. Yeah, I saw that. Weirdly enough, right after I started my casting, I was flipping through TikTok, and one of those castings came up of if they were going to recast. Huh. I was like, all right, now... Now I think we are in a deep state of something. I hate that. Yeah, how much? And I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. John, where it's just like I was just talking about this. Oh, oh okay. A Google ad targeted yeah. ad has popped up. It, I don't like it. it on the surface of it. It seems like it's two one to one. We're like, oh, he kind of looks like Martin Mull, and he is comedic. Yeah. But in truth, Nick Offerman, great, fan, uh, great comedic actor, would be a fantastic Colonel Mustard, and I have absolutely. No problems seeing Nick cool. Offerman in that role, and kind of built the same as Martin Mull a little yeah, bit too. Yes, exactly. By the way, have you seen it, have you seen uh, Nick Offerman's uh, high school senior photo? Uh, uh-uh. fucking stud, man. Uh-uh. Does not look at all like he was today, but man, he looks like a fucking stud. Nice. Um, hopefully you will like my Colonel Mustard. I did not uh, go the Nick Offerman route. My Colonel Mustard is actually a little bit taller. I. You know, I think they did use some things with height a little bit in some of those jokes, but you don't have to do it exactly one-to-one. But I think this guy would work well, and that is because I I feel like his comedic chops were honed when he played the Chief on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I went with Andre Brower. Uh, I mean, he has played cops so much, <laughs> and you watch him on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, his comedic everything mm-hmm. his timing his, his inflection though like i love that fucking pick okay cool yeah he's it's kind of weird because it it's it takes a lot of i think it takes a lot of acting chops to play the almost straight man it's like yeah. comedically the straight man it's like over the top the mm-hmm. straight man i mean every time he's he comes on on that show it puts a smile on my face yeah good call i really really like that all right Mr. Green, as it were, uh, I think this was the, might have been the last one that I cast, and I had a little bit of a difficult time with it, but I think I found a guy who uh, sort of fits the sort of nerdy uh, kind of take that uh, Michael McKeon had on it, um, and he's played characters similar to this, and he's, you know, he's a very good comedic actor. I went with Ed Helms. I, you know, I can see that. I can see that. He has played kind of like these meeker characters. I think particularly think like the, um, the hangover series, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I like it Helms. I think unfortunately the last couple seasons of the office gave me like a bad taste mm-hmm. in my mouth, not for Ed Helms. I mean, right. I just, that's kind of like one of the things I remember, but I, I like him and I can, absolutely, I can see him in that role. Okay, cool. like it. All right. Who did you pick? Uh, I, you gotta go obviously comedic actor i went with somebody who i feel has uh i've seen who i have seen kind of a similar yeah like in kind of these meeker stuff you got to be someone who is like timid um can kind of get pushed around but then in the end you know they're this badass and this guy i kind of saw being i've seen him in the mcu kind of being pushed around like in wandavision and whatnot he's a very funny guy i actually haven't seen fresh off the boat but i have heard really good things and i need to check it out i went with randall park as my mr green okay i loved him in the mcu so i'm i'm more than willing to give him a chance in something like this okay cool definitely an interesting call i like randall park i I, I like you know i haven't seen fresh off the boat either and i haven't seen too many of his other stuff but i like his 
his performance in the MCU enough to where I'm I'm willing to give him a shot as a cool. Mr. Green character. I'll take I'll take a shot. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, Professor Plum, Adam. I I think this is one I nailed on the head. Um, you need somebody who loves women, <laughs> lustful, <laughs> who is comedic, uh, very funny, and also who seems very smart. And Peter Dinklage has all three in spades in Game of Thrones. Peter Dinklage is my Professor Plum. Ah, uh, man, you fucking nailed that. <laughs> I love that. I love that pick. Cool, man. Oh, I'm angry. I didn't think of it. Shit, that is a that is a great call. Thank you, sir. Have you watched? Did you watch his new movie, Cyrano? I've been thinking about going oh, about watching. I it. have not. Yeah, based on Cyrano de Bergerac, I guess. Yeah. I have not seen that. I haven't. I, when it was in theater, I thought about going to see it, but I kind of like I didn't go see too many things in the theater around the time that it came out. But uh, mm-hmm. thinking about it, want to watch it? Yeah, I need to because I mean, if he's in it, I'll watch it. Yeah. Well, that man, I still think I have a good pick. I I really do think you nailed it with that one. But um, I picked an actor who's probably most known to you for being more serious. But I was first introduced to him on an iconic TV show. In fact, I had it down to two actors, both of which who had been on that iconic TV show. Uh, and when thinking about this, Professor Plum can be kind of like, I don't know, not silly. Silly is not the right word. But I'm thinking of a combination of two of his performances, one as the Doctor and Doctor Who and the other as the Purple Man. Combining them, I'm thinking of David Tennant. Uh, I like that. I actually considered David Tennant for a different role. Okay. But I didn't think of him. But he absolutely could play a fantastic Professor Plum. I initially actually was thinking Peter Capaldi, who also played the Doctor. Is that the older He's guy? He's the older guy. And I really okay. liked his Doctor Who. I actually really okay. did like his Doctor Who. But in the end, I, it led me to David Tennant. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? I, I think I want to go with, with David on that one. Yeah. I don't know about Peter Capaldi, but I know David Tennant's got good comedy um, mm-hmm. You know when he needs to pull it out, but um, overall, yeah, and, and I've seen more of David Tennant stuff, so right. I think that's a great call. Okay, uh, all right, Miss Scarlet. So for this one, I definitely reached probably way higher <laughs> than than okay. normal, but I don't know, just something about about uh, seeing this actress do something this kind of more comedic would be a lot of fun, and I didn't have to reach too far for Miss Scarlet. I went with Scarlet Johansson. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it fits the name. Easy. She she wouldn't have to worry about being called her. She wouldn't get confused on set. Right. <laughs> uh, very attractive lady. Uh, and she's got a, I mean, she's great actress. Mm-hmm. She's got a great presence to her. And I think Miss Scarlet has to have a really strong presence yeah. in this film because she's, um, yeah, I think she's, I think it's a great call. Okay, cool. I, I can live with that. Cool. All right, who'd you pick? Yeah, I got in my head, you know, so she basically runs like a brothel or an escort service. Right. And so I made an easy transition to this actress who pretty much worked in a brothel in the show Westworld. And she has got great presence and kind of like, you know, there there is a boss bitch mentality about her. Um, I went with Tandy Newton. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good call. Thank that's you. a good pick. Yeah, she man, I did. Li- I really did like her character in uh, in Westworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, she's absolutely I mean, she could keep, you know, a lot of the. I mean, she's very attractive and a lot of the other stuff as well, but she also just like, I could see her running a fucking escort service. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Uh, yeah. I like that call. Uh, all right. Miss Peacock. L- uh, let me hear yours. I'm actually rather proud of my 
pick for Miss Peacock. Okay. So I'm interested to hear yours. So you know, yeah, Miss Peacock is interesting. She definitely has some eccentricities. <laughs> she, I mean, all of these characters have their own eccentricities, which is kind of fun. But uh, you know, I, I thought this person. She's a very funny actress. You see her all the time. You know, and just she shows up in a bunch of different stuff. Probably, I guess, most famous for being in Will and Grace. But you see her in a bunch of shit, and. You often will find her with her husband, who I also cast. Ah. I went with Megan. Megan Mullally is my Miss Peacock. That works. That works. Okay. Not quite as old as Miss Peacock is portrayed, yeah. but she could be definitely uh, sassy. The 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 attitude yes. would be right. Yeah, very true. Plus, I I think if you booked booked the two of them together, it'd be an easier get than if you tried to book them yeah. separate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, cool. I went with an actress who's uh, she's been around for a little bit. She's been in stuff since like the mid to late 60s, I think. Um, kind of hit her stride in the 70s. Most famously, I think uh, she was on the miniseries Roots, okay. but it was her performance as Blind Al in Deadpool that led me to oh. Leslie Uggams. Okay, yeah, that's definitely where I know her best from. Awesome in that one. I like that. I like that call. I don't know enough of her other stuff, mm-hmm. but I let from watching her in Deadpool. Absolutely. I think just she's got the right attitude. If if she can if she could agree to play blind Al of all the characters in a movie like yeah. Deadpool, I I, yeah. I think she could kill it at this. Yes, definitely. Um, I want to throw out one other name, sure, because I thought she, she would also be good. Catherine O'Hara. Oh, I mean, I love Catherine O'Hara and all kinds of stuff. She'd be amazing yeah. in that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I, I'm I'm happy with uh with all of these other options as well. So cool. Cool. Uh, all right, Mrs. White. I rather like my my choice for Mrs. White. Um, actress is maybe a little bit older, but you know it doesn't really matter anymore. Mm-mm. But she can definitely put on that kind of attitude. Like Mrs. White is definitely like what we'd call a black widow. Oh yeah, but I I couldn't use Black Widow because I already cast her as Scarlet <laughs> as Miss yeah, Scarlet. But I went with another badass actress who's got a really good thousand yard stare. I went with Ming Na Wen. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like. I mean, she's she's she particularly has that thousand yard stare in Agents of Shield. Yes, um, more than anything, and she just I mean, as Fennec Shan in the Star Wars universe, she she's always got. She's got an air that yeah she could kill you like I I, I mean absolutely Ming Na Wen could could destroy me and she probably could kill her husbands um, without a problem probably probably so I, I now like Ming Na yeah, Wen oh, yeah. could show up and just kill us and be like yeah that tracks <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> he probably did something bad yeah all right well, let's hear your Mrs White I went into a very very similar route you have to find an actress who has badassery to her. Mm. I also went with uh, an Asian American actress, and with Black, maybe maybe it's the tie with Black Widow and Jeanette Lee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, led me there. Yeah. But this actress, I'm not expecting you to have any pushbacks. You are a definite fan. She's been a badass in everything from Charlie's Angels to Kill Bill, Lucy Liu. Man, I initially went to Lucy Liu. I was like, I can't use Lucy Liu again. I've already used her so many times. <laughs> um, and I mean, in the end, I I I chose Ming Na Wen because I think she would have been better. But like. I think Lucy Liu also has a really has that really good thousand yard stare. Oh, she yeah. gave it to us in, in Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. I love Lucy Liu. I I think that's also a, just a a great call. Cool. We should Thanks we should sure. have them fight it out and see who gets to win. 
Yeah, the part. I would watch that. I <laughs> that's I would pay for that one. <laughs> I'll buy that for pay, a dollar. I'd, I'd, I, yeah, I'd, I'd pay, pay money to get in the middle of that fight. <laughs> We're horrible. Ah, uh, terrible person. But they are awesome actresses. I think they both are fantastic calls. Yeah, I'd be happy with either. All right, uh, Wadsworth. Honestly, this was the one that I had the most trouble with. And how confident are you in your in your Wadsworth? I'm very happy with my Wadsworth. All right, well then, I, for the sake of drama, I'm going to let you go last. Okay. This one was the hardest one. I settled on an actor who I think is a good actor, and I've seen him in both comedic and serious roles. You're never going to... We're never going to have another Tim Curry. We're never going to have another Robin Williams, another John Candy. There's, those are just roles that are almost impossible to recast because they you just associate them with those actors and they're so iconic. But this guy, and I did want someone British for that, for that butler, so I went with the actor Michael Sheen. Okay recognize the face what have i seen him in in particular My, oddly most famously he was he was probably most i mostly remember him for being in um oh the vampire movies um twilight no underworld oh he was in underworld gotcha. um but he's done a lot of other stuff he was in um oh god what good omens that's the show that was out recently that he that's was, with david Tennant, isn't yes. it yes yeah, I, I've seen the pictures for that, like the uh, the promo uh-huh. stuff, but I've never actually watched we w- it. We watched uh, we watched it when it came out, and we um, we were like, "Oh, yeah, it looks like in, season two's coming out soon." Sorry, it's been in Masters of Sex. I've heard that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen this guy. Oh, actually, he's in Twilight. He's in Twilight New Moon. So, <laughs> he's in, okay, he's in all the above and Underworld. So he's a uh, he's all for his. Um, he used to be married to Kate Beckinsale. Okay, wow, good lucky man. <laughs> Uh okay I and I do recognize him from he was in Frost Nixon he oh played, yeah yeah uh Frost in that I've seen this guy around and I am sure he could do a phenomenal job okay all right I I will I will accept your uh cautious pity <laughs> yeah that's not, I mean you know all right hit us with that Wadsworth all right and so I originally of course was like I gotta go with a Brit you gotta have that. Until I decided I did not need a bridge. Oh. Um, I need someone who understands comedy, comedic timing. You know, I, I can't say this guy has done some of the physical comedy that Tim Curry has, but I very much enjoy him in pretty much any movie I see. I am doing something that exactly you have done before on this podcast, but I think it just would work, and I'm excited for this. You know, I want this to happen. My Wadsworth is also my director and probably going to be my writer, Taika Watiti. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that call. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like that call. He, he's he got some eccentric stuff with his acting. Yes. And so I think it would work. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm okay. I'm all for that. Okay. And it would be it would be an interesting take seeing him uh, write it as well. Mm-hmm. That, that's a yeah. fantastic pick. Unexpected, okay. and I like it. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, that was our recasting of the movie Clue. Please join us next time for another album review episode. John and I are talking about our Atlanta rap roots, and we are going to discuss the Outcast album, Aquemini. 
If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.